Firing Back is brought to you in part by Wilson Combat, the largest custom 1911 firearm and accessory producer in the industry. Check them out at wilsoncombat.com. You are listening to Firing Back, a Gun Owners of America podcast. Thank you for listening to Firing Back, the podcast that is keeping you armed for the challenges ahead. I'm your host, Eric Pratt, Executive Director of Gun Owners of America, and I'm here again with my co-host, Remzo Martinez. Remzo, welcome back, buddy. Eric, always great to be back. And folks, let me tell you, we were we were talking behind the scenes and we we're like, wow, we wonder if they like the first episode or not. But honestly, the, the rating and reviews that you guys have left, the downloads, the nice comments, the hateful comments, they all motivate us. So definitely thank you for coming back. Um, Eric, you know, this this is definitely one of those things that truly is striking a core of people because it's not just the same repeated information. You're going to hear 20 million different places. I, I do think people are really enjoying and taking in the content. And folks, for those of you that are reaching out to us, we do greatly appreciate it. But enough of that. Enough of that talk. Eric, let's, let's get on with things. Let's do it. So our topic today is those unregulated weapons. Ah, I mean, my bad. My inner Nancy Pelosi kind of came out. <laughs> but first, I got a question for you, Remzo. I know that this is off the gun topic slightly, but look, it's all going to relate to what we're talking about today. But my question is this. Did you ever play Little League Baseball? Oh, geez, that is unrelated. Um, no, no, I, I didn't really play baseball. I mean, I liked it, but I did play tennis for a few years tennis. as a kid. Yeah. Okay, Are you judging cute. me because I said tennis the and not baseball? Cute little shorts and, and all. Yeah, yeah okay. well, you know, the chicks digged it, okay? <laughs> right. Keep your judgment to yourself. <laughs> well, very good. Well, I, I did play baseball. Uh, good for you. Played it good as a you. kid. Yeah, it was great. And I also uh, actually coached when my uh, when my boys were playing and, you know, uh, all through their, uh, their youth. Uh, even coached some first-place teams. That's always a lot of fun. Uh, I was an all-star coach a few times. Always dreamed – Actually, of going to the Little League World Series, but alas, that was not in the cards. You just can't take out those Japanese, Eric. Those kids are like born to play baseball. <laughs> yeah, they but, are. They but, are good. But please tell me more about your experience of coaching. Well, it was relatively good. Generally speaking, in fact, it was really good. I really enjoyed the kids, and and most of the parents were fantastic. Although, you know, there were always those few that, shall we say, could be rather trying at times. I mean, every parent wanted their kid to pitch more, just be honest. Yeah, well, there was, you know, there's always some of that. But I'm talking about the conversations that took place off the field, apart from baseball. Were they talking about tennis? <laughs> tennis never came up that I remember. I, You know, sorry. Lies, all lies. But please keep going. <laughs> but, you know, we would invite people over to our house for team parties and things like that. And so, you know, we'd be in this relaxed setting. We'd be talking about baseball, sports, what everyone did for a living. So I remember one time a mom says to me, so, you know, Eric, when you're not coaching, what do you do? And, you know, I just told her, I said, I work for Gun Owners of America. <laughs> oh, okay. She must have given you a high five for that, huh? Yeah, that didn't go over too well. Now, I thought so. Keep in mind that because of my job, I live in the Northern Virginia area, which is a very liberal area. So, yeah, her, her jaw dropped. Food is now showing in her mouth. I mean, it was kind of an ugly sight. Imagine if we were in like the People's Republic of Maryland, your house would have probably been burned down. Firebombed, exactly. Firebombed. <laughs> and so, you know, by anti-gunners, no less, right? <laughs> so, so she says, 
You mean, and she says this with a total disgust in oh, her I, voice. You mean? Yeah. Like that? Yeah. You're in favor of them? I mean, she couldn't even bring herself to say the word gun, right? And I said, oh, yeah. You know, I fight to defend the right to keep and bear arms. And by the way, I, you know, I've got a lot of them here at the house. Of course, her reaction, you know, ah! Yeah, she totally freaks out. Oh, man. You, you know, if you really want to, like, you know, invite some of your more liberal family members over for the holidays like I do, Eric. I mean, since you brought this up, let me go ahead and tell you about our friends at Wilson Combat. This company has been building truly custom firearms to their customers' exact specifications since 1977. I mean, they, they're not just the new kids around the block, folks. During this time, Wilson Combat has grown to be the largest the largest custom 1911 firearm and accessory producer in the whole firearms industry. High quality and innovative, they are the absolute hallmarks of their product line. Their 30-plus years track record of premium quality and exemplary customer service lets you buy from them with total confidence. If you want to learn more about them, folks, go ahead and check out www.wilsoncombat.com. That's wilsoncombat.com. But, uh, you know, back to it, Eric. We were talking about how parents can freak out about their kids' friends having guns in the house. And you mentioned how one parent kind of, well, definitely did freak definitely. out when she learned where you worked. Um, was she the only one there or were there others who may have heard this yeah. pleasant conversation? Yeah, there were definitely others. For example, with one particular parent before she would allow her son to come to my house to spend time with my son, she asked, well, do you have guns in the house? And of course, I knew where she was going with this question. So I asked her, and I did this politely. I said, I do, but how will your son be getting to my house? In a car? Yes. Then he's actually in much greater danger than being at my home. And oh, by the way, you also might not want him to swim in the pool either because more kids drown than are killed by gunfire. Oh, man, if you didn't get a death stare from that, I don't know what you're getting. <laughs> I mean, how'd that, how'd that go? Actually, it went okay. I, you know, I spoke to her respectfully. I tried to allay her fears, not that we agreed ultimately on the issue, but, you know, our families actually ended up becoming good friends. Because they wanted to come to your pool. They they wanted to, <laughs> and they wanted to stay on the team, and they wanted their kid to pitch. That's right. But, <laughs> but I think she was just honestly just reading off the talking points that the anti-gun left sends out. You know, when your kid goes to a house, ask them if there are guns in the home, and if there are guns there— pitch a fit. Well, you know, it all kind of reminds me of Nathan Zoner. I wonder if, have you ever heard of this guy, Nathan uh, Zoner? No, I don't think I have. Is he one of those scary parents of guns inside this home too? <laughs> but did I, he have a pool? I don't know about that. <laughs> and I'm sure he's been in many pools, right? Actually, I only knew about him when he was a teenager. He'd be in his early thirties now, I think, but he made nationwide news 20 years ago when he was 14. And he did this report for school, which was intended to show how easily people can jump on the bandwagon with little information to get all worked up about an issue. And the issue that he was focusing, focusing on was dihydrogen monoxide, or DHMO for short. So, Remzo, I'm going to read to you a quick little blurb of his findings. This is what his report found. This chemical is so caustic that it accelerates the corrosion and rusting of many metals. It is a major component of acid rain and has been found in excised tumors of terminal cancer patients. And he goes on to say, symptoms of ingestion include excessive sweating and urination, and for those who have developed a dependency on DHMO, complete withdrawal 
means certain death. Now, that's pretty ominous. So what do you think about that? I mean, this chemical sounds horrific, doesn't it? Oh, man. I mean, you're, you're probably now going to tell me that's all over my house or something. <laughs> I mean, is Alex Jones freaking out about this thing in the water? Well, I mean, as what, a what? matter of fact, it is all over the place. It's all over your home. In fact, it gets worse than that, Remzo. This chemical has been confirmed to exist in every river, stream, lake, and reservoir in the country. And it's in much of our food, too. So, are you ready to sign a petition calling for the banning of this chemical in any food product? If it's going to cause all that stuff, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, you know, here's the deal, though. We would be hurting and foolish if we banned DHMO. You see, dihydrogen monoxide is the chemical otherwise known as, wait for it, water. Well, I, I joked about water earlier. Tell me that's water. Oh, it is man, actually I, water. I, I was public schooled. You got to forgive me. Yeah, Nathan Zoner fooled his classmates, who I think were also public schooled, too. Yeah, after he presented his report, 86% wanted to ban DHMO. And one town in California, get this, they even scheduled a vote to ban the chemical. Oh, man. I mean, only in California. It, it kind of reminds me of, uh, you know, I, I went to school in northern Virginia, Fairfax County. And uh, what me and a few of my friends did was after a history class, we went into the cafeteria and we wanted to see how many women would sign a petition to, uh, you know, get rid of women's suffrage because you don't want suffering women. Right. Uh, we got 60 signatures and we thought we were the only ones that thought that joke ends up being an online sensation when some other folks did it. But gosh, it's uh, it, it water. Water. Yeah. I mean, what, what's California up to with this? Well, so fooling. Don't they have up, a drought? Don't they need more of it? Exactly. Ugh. Right. Well, thankfully, somebody warned the town council what DHMO really was. And so before <laughs> they made fools of themselves, they pulled the initiative from the schedule. That That's that's insane. So what what, what is this unregulated weapon that you want to warn us about? Is it like a super soaker? In <laughs> no, it's a little worse than that. So, Remzo, these weapons are small and easily concealable, but make no mistake about it, they are deadly killers. Kids all across the country can buy this weapon for cheap without any legal prohibitions whatsoever. The industry that manufactures these deadly items is completely unregulated, and their proliferation has not only resulted in massive head traumas, but in the deaths of many children all across the nation. Much of the carnage has occurred on Saturday nights, which actually might prompt Congress to examine why teenagers can so easily get their hands on these Saturday night specials. Stores like Walmart have marketed these instruments of death to children under the age of 18. Not only are there no laws to discourage this type of irresponsible marketing, there are no laws preventing minors from handling these kinds of weapons at all. I mean, parents have even been known to encourage kids as young as two or three to play with these little assault weapons without any parental supervision whatsoever. And the greatest travesty occurs around birthdays and Christmas, as some have even been known to negligently give these instruments of death as gifts to their children. So not surprisingly, children take these items to school, resulting in senseless violence all across the country. Now, to be sure, Nobody wants to stop the legitimate sport and recreational uses of this weapon. But guess what? These weapons are completely frowned upon in England. So not surprisingly, that country does not record any deaths resulting from this deadly item. So, Remzo, can you guess what this lethal killer is? And are you ready to support a ban on them? Uh, it's, 
it's got to be something crazy. But but then again, I'm not jumping on the bandwagon. But I mean, don't don't make it sound like I'm heartless. I care about the children. So you, you just got to tell me, how have these items been regulated at all? Well, I think that some people are starting to become more sensitized to the problems, but they would argue that it's not enough. Regardless, what you can be sure of is this. You won't hear people trying to impose the same type of infringements that typically get placed on the Second Amendment. So you're not going to hear calls to require parents who wish to keep these items at home to lock them up or to force parents who wish to buy one of these miniature assault weapons to be registered and fingerprinted with the FBI. Nor are you going to hear demands to prohibit teenagers from even touching one of these lethal killers without possessing a written note of permission from their parents. I mean, no lie, Remzo, that's one of the crazy legal requirements regarding handguns. Teenagers under 18 have to have a written note of permission to handle a handgun if they want to be compliant with federal law. And it doesn't matter if the teenager is doing target practice with his or her parents. Federal law still requires them to have the written note of permission on their person. Now, we haven't seen anyone propose those kinds of restrictions for this surprising killer that I've been talking about. Not yet. But what about you, Remzo? Are are you ready to ban or regulate these items? Okay, the... You're killing me and the audience. Just go ahead and spill it. What what are these things? (laughs) Well, here's the deal. If you had said yes to any of these possible regulations, then congratulations, you would have just banned the football. For the record, you never hear that about tennis. (laughs) Oh, touche. Just saying. Just saying. Yeah. Well, you know, we're talking, of course, about that funny looking pigskin that is sold across counters nationwide in so many different sizes and colors. And it may come as a shock to you, but more children die playing high school football than they do by firearms at school. You know how many people died from tennis? Zero. Just saying. Just there saying. he goes. There he goes. Yeah. But here, look, according to the studies, almost twice as many football players die each year from hits to the head, heat stroke, things like that, as compared with students who are murdered on campus by firearms. Do, do you have the actual numbers on you? I do. Actually, they're low on both counts. I mean, we're talking about 12 high school and college football players a year who, on average, die playing football. But by contrast, though, there were only seven secondary and post-secondary students who died from gunfire during the last year on record. I don't think I ever remember the media talking about this. I mean, you'd think that the media would make you think the number of students who die from guns is like in the millions, as Terry McAuliffe once said, or much higher than that. So <laughs> so now what? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, if our society actually treated football like it treated guns, to your point, you know, we would start to hear passionate calls to dry up the massive supply of footballs so children would no longer have easy access to them. The media would start demonizing, you know, the purveyors of death who profit from this deadly killer. You know, the football manufacturers, the football lobby, ESPN, and the TV executives who make millions of dollars from airing these gladiator forums. I mean, they would all be put in the worst possible light. I don't see anyone kneeling to stop football deaths or football dying violence, but I'm sure that, you know, we would see at least billionaire Michael Bloomberg urging, you know, Crimea River Chuck Schumer to impose background checks before the sale and purchase of any footballs, right? Oh, absolutely you would. But since we're really just talking about footballs, don't count on it. But one thing is for sure, next time when your neighbor tries to lecture you about the evils of keeping guns in your home... You can actually warn them about the real danger to their kids' health. Ask, Wolves. 
to do it. Or ask them to pull their kids off the football team, see how that goes, and tell them to support a ban on those ugly pigskins. Remember, you know, if it just saves one life. You, you never get this of tennis, just saying, folks. But speaking of saving one life, let me give you a shameless plug for our sponsor here who is helping save your life, Gun Owners of America. You didn't see that coming, did you? As a podcaster myself, folks, let me tell you, I've, I've got to stay up to date with what the left is saying. So I, you know, I take the pain for you and I watch Keith Olbermann scream Nazi constantly. But that's you know, painful. It, it's it's basically what I it, what I do is public service these days. But, you know. It's all about knowing what they fear and who they fear. And, you know, if we're going to talk about fear, do you know who is the anti-gun left's worst nightmare? Do you know who they say they are actually terrified of? It's gun owners of America. And this comes from their own lips. Um, Take the very progressive daily costs. This is what they said recently about GOA. I'm going to pull on my my communist voice. It's the gun owners of America that keep the left awake, clutching their comforters in fear. Their words, not mine. And then there's Senator Harry Reid, the former Senate Democratic leader. He's very, very anti-gun if you've been living under a rock and forgot who he was. But, But listen to what he said last year. While the NRA is bad, Reid said, gun owners of America is even worse than bad. I feel like we should get tattoos that say that, Eric, but that's just me. (laughs) So here's the bottom line. The left fears GOA because we're effective. But GOA is only as strong as its membership base is active. You know, it's a two-way street. We help you, you help us. We don't have to worry about anyone coming after our God-given rights. So consider joining today. We have multiple levels. Definitely check out our life membership because, I mean, that just does phenomenal things for us. You know, really think about all the money and time and effort and people it takes to make this stuff happen, folks. It's thanks to you. So go ahead and consider joining GOA as a member today at gunowners.org. That's gunowners.org. And, um, you know, Eric, I'll go ahead and just close this out because we've got, you know, jump on to the next thing very soon. So tune in next week, folks. But remember, leave us a rating and review on iTunes. You can catch the show on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play. And finally, I want to give a special thank you to Wilson Combat, the largest custom 1911 firearm and accessory producer in the firearms industry. Go to wilsoncombat.com, that's wilsoncombat.com, to order your own customized, hand-built Glock or 1911 from a selection of many sizes and calibers. You've been listening to Firing Back, brought to you by GOA, the only no-compromise gun lobby in Washington. Good night.